season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR podcast. Today we have Arkansas Sticks pitcher and third baseman, 2023 commit to Georgia. We got Ethan Sutton on the podcast. Ethan, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I really appreciate you having me. Hey, of course, man. So let's dig into it a little bit. Uh, One question I do like to ask everybody before we even get started talking about baseball. That question is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Ethan Sutton? You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm introducing myself, I want to, you know, re- introduce myself with a respectful guy. Um, you know, just like your normal looking in the eyes kind of guy, kind of old school um, and all that kind of stuff. But I want people to know, like, that baseball has brought, like, so much into my life. Um, and, like, it's given me my perspective on life. So, like, um, I want like when I introduce myself to people, I want them to know baseball is pretty much me and that like the way I see things are from baseball. So like I really appreciate everybody I meet because my perspective is built off of those people that I've met. I'm sure. I mean, going to those travel ball events as a kid, meeting all these different coaches, scouts. I mean, whoever happens to be other players who are committed to big schools like you, yourself. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I never. I mean, I've just talking to you guys, like I've really gotten to see like baseball revolves around a lot of your guys' lives and it's helped you guys evolve as people. And I mean, it's great to see what baseball does to just does for people in in their life. But um, let's dig into it a little bit. Let's start with travel ball, kind of how we got connected through Coach Brewster. Um, So just take us through how you got connected with the Arkansas Sticks. (laughs) That was a that was a long, weird road um, of becoming a stick. So um he had like dm me on instagram or twitter or something like that and was like hey looking for a, a, uh, another guy we'd love to have you and i'd gotten some emails and texts and all that kind of stuff from some other guys and like i just hadn't it was kind of late into the spring um getting close to summer um and everybody's like hey like you haven't had a team yet like what's going on like why aren't you um on a team and i was like you know i, just, I haven't decided yet i've been we were on a really good run in high school ball. And I was trying to win a state championship. So I was like, I'm not worried about it. Like I'm, I'm worried about high school right now. Um, and then, you know, he, he texted me and he was like, Hey man, like, look, I really want to get on the phone with you. So we got on the phone and we talked and he's like, dude, I'm going to make the drive down to your game. And I was like, that's like eight and a half hours, man. Like what? Like, and he's like, yeah, but I really want to introduce myself. And I was like, this man has some dedication like this this is some serious stuff um and then after that he you know he was like hey I want you to meet some of our other guys um and uh talk to some of our other coaches and some of the players some of the players reached out to me you know and I I just kind of connected with them um I talked to um like the whole pretty much the whole staff um and just felt like okay like these guys really do care about my development and then on top of that like look our roster was, I mean, I'd put our roster up against anybody. I and mean, our roster 
crazy. So like being around those guys, like I get to pick their brains and, and learn so much from them. So I was like, it's a, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. I mean, talking about that roster, I mean, you look, you look down at that 2023 roster. I mean, you see what LSU, um, Arkansas, I mean, you see Arkansas like 12 times, but then like, yeah. Tech, I mean, the Florida state with, uh, with kale before he decommitted. But I mean, that, like you said, I mean, every year, like 23, 24, even the class ahead of you, I mean, you guys, those Arkansas sticks are absolutely loaded, but I didn't realize, I mean, that's, that was kind of like a little mini recruiting process for you going to the sticks. So when you said you hadn't picked a travel ball team yet before you picked going to the sticks, I'm going to take it. This was your freshman year. This was last year. This was last, this was going in. This was during my junior year of high school. Okay. So this, so technically this past summer was kind of your first time playing with the sticks. It was. Okay. All right. So let's kind of take us through before you decided what travel ball team you were going to play for this summer, before you kind of got to know coach Brewster, their staff and the other players, um, who were some other teams that had potentially reached out to you to potentially play for them this past summer? Well, so I'm, I'm from Atlanta, around the Atlanta area. Um, so, you know, there's baseball everywhere. Um, so, I mean, picking up with teams, there was times where I was just picking up with teams every weekend and just kind of playing um, or so what. And, but, I mean, I played for the Astros. I played for Team Georgia. Um, I played for a lot of great programs as well. Um, but, you know, I just – I played for the Astros the previous year, and um, it, was, it was a fun year, but I just wanted to try something new. Um, and, and I really just clicked with what all Coach Brewster had to say and, and all the guys. So. Yeah. so you played for the Astros in between your sophomore, junior year, pretty much the whole summer? So, yes, I played with the Astros my sophomore, junior summer. So my sophomore summer, I played with the Astros, yes. Okay. So obviously, Arkansas Sticks, like you said, great roster, great program in general. Um, I've gotten to know this the past couple of weeks, obviously, just a great program. Obviously, the East Cobb Astros, another great program, one of the top programs in travel baseball, just like the Sticks. So with you playing a summer for each of those teams, how would you go about kind of comparing the way that their organizations are ran and what it's like playing for both those organizations? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lot alike because of the fact that they get the best guys um, and you're playing with top guys every weekend, but they're also a lot different. Um, you know, I really liked how Coach Brewster treated me on and off the field. Um, Brewster made sure I was good from the time we left the hotel or from the time I left the airport. Like, he was on top of it. He made sure every single one of us were in good hands. Um, and then when we got on the field, you know, he was an easy coach to play for. All the coaches were easy because, yeah, they, they'd get on you a little bit, but they were only getting on you because they wanted you to get better. And they hardly – when I mean they get on you, they'd be like, hey, dude, hey, keep a chin up, keep going. Like, they were really easy to play for because they knew, look, we have the guys. And they, they would let us go out there and play and just let our game show. So, I mean, it was a lot different for – I felt like sometimes when I was playing for the Astros, it was everybody was kind of knuckling up, trying to be better than so-and-so and all that. But I felt like with the sticks, there just wasn't any of that. Everybody was out there just playing. Yeah. So going into that first time that you met Brewster, he drove, you, he drove down that eight and a half hours to go watch you play. And uh, just take us through kind of how your relationship with Coach Brewster started that day, maybe some of your initial thoughts about Coach Brewster – and then how just your relationship overall this past summer has evolved um, to where it's at today. 
Yeah, when, when I finally saw what Coach Brewster looked like, I was like, this is not what he sounded like. Like, this is not what I expected. Um, but, you know, we just – we really didn't even have much of a conversation um, because it was it was a late night and it was like, hey, man, like, what's going on, whatever. Um, so, like, at that day it was nothing crazy, but um, we talked on the phone and we just kind of kept building that relationship. He kept calling me. Um so that was one thing for for me too. He it showed that to me that he he cared and that he really truly wanted me. Um, kind of stayed on me or whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, like I really like this guy. Like he seems like he means really well. And then playing for him, I remember <clears throat> we had our, our very first practice, um, and it was at Lake Point. And I mean, for me, it's ten minutes, and for everybody else, it's eight and a half hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So all these guys come in off the plane or, or have just driven in and I come strolling in and everybody's decked out in all this nice gear. They got all these cool bags and I walk in and I'm like, where my high school stuff? And I'm like, okay, well, what's up guys? Like I'm Ethan and uh, Bruce said, come here, man. I got this bag for you. So he gives me this dope bag. I'm like, this is sick. And then I open it up and it's got like 10 different uniforms. And he's like, dude, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. So, um, I mean, it, it I just felt like it was an easy click with them. Like they, it was so easy. A lot of the guys were just, I mean, the very first person I talked to um, was Ty Wade. Me and him were sitting in right field and we're literally just talking about random stuff. <clears throat> we're talking baseball, just, Hey man, like where do you play at? And just kind of stuff like that. And I mean, it was just so easy. And then from there throughout the summer, um, you know, I, I knew that Brewster was going to take care of me. So I, that's a man that, you know, I'm very thankful for. Yeah. So you mentioned that Lake Point's kind of like 10 minutes away from your house. I was kind of going to kind of want to dig dig into this as well. So what's that like? Obviously, when the majority of the country, every every top tier travel ball team is going to Atlanta for East Cobb, Lake Point, uh, tournaments like that. What's that like? Kind of just, you know, just rolling out of bed in your own house and being able to go to Lake Point, East Cobb and just tournaments around the state. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, is my high school actually practices out of Lake Point when um, we get rain or something like that. So like Lake Point, everybody, I remember the first time everybody really started coming to Lake Point and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's Lake Point. And I'm like, this is my practice field. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, what are you guys so so hyped up about? Um, but you know, it's easy. I mean, it makes it so much easier on me because we, we had guys from all over the place. We had guys traveling. And we had guys that weren't home for weeks on end or they'd been home, but they were home for a few days and then they were back on the road. So for me, that's huge. I mean, sleeping in your own bed is massive. Like it's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, sleeping in those hotel, hotel, but hotel beds are hard. And a lot of those guys are in hotel beds where I'm sleeping in my bed. So, um, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, knowing that I can go home to my bed and not have to go and lay down in a hotel bed is a, is a big difference. Yeah, I know. I talked to, man, I can't remember who it was, but there was some, it was someone who went to like the, the PDP this past summer. And then he went to a couple other events. He said it had been like 37 days that he had this 37 straight days where he slept in a hotel bed. And I'm just like, man, like I've been, I've been sleeping in a hotel bed for like seven and I'm like, I want to go home. Like, I can't imagine what 37 is like. That was but, another thing with the Astros. Like there was like, we played every single weekend we would literally not even finish the tournament and be playing the next the next day like and we're playing in another tournament so we were always playing and we were always on the road 
and like you know where it it with the sticks so we played a lot we played in like i want to say five or six tournaments but we had time in between so even those guys that weren't traveling it wasn't as much on them um and but like with the astros like you're you're going 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 and i think that's one thing that brewster made sure he's like look like you guys are already top tier guys and you guys are already committed for the most part because at the time when i joined the team i was uncommitted so I was one of like the only uncommitted. There was a few other uncommitted kids on the team. So <clears throat> for Brewster, he was really pushing, helping me um, try to get um, committed. So, you know, like that was a, a huge thing knowing like, okay, because that junior summer is huge. Like there's so much that you have to go through, not in just tournaments. And Brewster understands that. So, I mean, he, he has time for us to get ready for, you know, your East Coast Pro and your um, national and all those big showcases that you're going to go to, you're not wore out because you haven't played every single day. Yeah. So when you were playing for the Astros in between your sophomore <clears throat> junior season, did did they ever have you guys playing up against that 17 U team when you guys were 16 U? I know when I went to the WWBA this past summer, their 2024s were playing up against like the 2023s at the, at WWBA. So is that like a normal thing that they do, or was that kind of just a thing that kind of just happened? You think? I think it's the thing of both the Astros put together a good program every year um, at pretty much every age group. So there were times we played the older team um, because of the fact of we went all the way through the tournament. We were younger and we just were just better than older teams. Um, But it was never like a time that we like played them um, like in in our squad or anything like that. Yeah. So did you get the chance? So you did get to play up against the older guys? Yes. Okay. So did you get the chance to play up against Cam Collier? Uh, who, who was the other, who was the second guy who got drafted? Um, Jay or um, not Jay, um Tamar Johnson. Yep. Tamar Johnson. Did you get the chance to play up against those two guys? Yeah. So actually they, so uh, Cam goes to a high school near mine. Um, so we played them in the preseason every year before so we were going to play him again this past year, but then he um, graduated early and did all that. And then Tamar went to um, Mays High School, which is also not too far. So we played them as well in high school on top of in, in travel ball. Okay. And then Buford, that's that's somewhat close to Atlanta too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, about a, it's about an hour from me. Okay. So do you guys travel in, in Georgia baseball? I know in Indiana, like we travel an hour occasionally. So in Georgia high school baseball, do you guys travel – an hour to go play teams or is it mostly everything more condensed? So it's, it's kind of funny because um, for high school baseball, there's um, in Georgia, it's a big, it's called Georgia dugout club. And they throw these big like summer tournaments almost in the like early spring. Um, and it's, I think it's two or three weekends at the beginning of the spring where pretty much teams from every part of Georgia come to Lake Point and we all play like a big tournament almost. So we play guys all over the place. I mean, um, two years ago we played in it and we were playing ING. Um, we were playing some teams from Alabama. So like we were playing people from all over the place. Yeah. So go moving back to just a conversation before. So with you being from Georgia, what's your favorite Lake Point or East Cobb? Definitely Lake Point. Definitely Lake Point. Okay. Uh, What's the reason for that? Everything. Like, the bathrooms are clean. Like, I hate going to East Cobb because oh, their, bath- so, their bathrooms are pretty gross. 
but like in the same sense like east Cobb has some pretty good food in the concession stand like yeah they do yeah they do so like that's it, i mean both of the fields are extremely nice um there's there's a lot of pros and cons for both i mean lake point like when you walk in like that's a it's at least like a mile walk i swear to get to the field yeah um, but i mean there and lake point just keeps it clean all the time so you know like you know you can go to the bathroom and not have to be standing in someone's urine yeah that's that is very true i didn't even think see i didn't even think about that i see i asked i asked a lot of guys whenever i get a guy from georgia i'll ask him like what they think's best lake point east cobb and I've only been to East Cobb. And I mean, like you said, that food's great. I mean, I think I spent five days in it, five, six days in Atlanta. I think I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner at East Cobb pretty much the, oh, yeah. entire, pretty oh, much yeah. the entire week. Um, so I didn't get the chance to see Lake Point, but I, I was pretty impressed by East Cobb, you know, besides the bathrooms. But no. <laughs> um, so with you now being, a, with you now go, being in your senior year, I mean, travel ball for the most part is kind of over for you. I don't know if you're planning on going to MLK um, here this winter, but kind of with with that up in the air and you kind of, your travel ball career somewhat at an end. Um, just looking back at it um, from your time with the Astros, time with the Sticks, um, what do you think has been some of your best favorite memories that come to mind when you think of travel ball? I mean, it goes from when I first started playing travel ball and I was trying to win the little triple crown rings that they gave us. I mean, those times were so much fun. I mean, and I think the coolest part about travel ball is you grow up and you make memories with this team and then you leave the team, but like everybody is still so close. Um, And like the baseball community, like there's so many, like, I mean, people from all over the place are coming in and you know, people from all over the place. And it's like, it's crazy. Like the memories you make, like from the, just a weekend of baseball is crazy. Like you can literally meet someone new and two days later, you're like best friends with them just because it's, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, probably my, my, my favorite memories uh, are like growing up, trying to win those rings and playing those six games in one day and your war tire, but, you're going to keep going out there and you're throwing, throwing it all out there. So um, I think that'll probably be my favorite memory. Yeah. So play, so playing with all these teams that you've played with growing up from when you were a little kid all the way up till now, um, who've been some of the, the guys that you've probably built the best relationships with and maybe the closest with um, just while, just while playing with them? Um, you know, so I mean, I've made, relationships with so many different people and and you know it's hard too because um once you get to high school ball there's a lot of guys you don't see and playing for the sticks you got guys all over the place so I mean those are, are some guys that I I would have great relationships outside of baseball too but um you know I just they they live super far so it's something that I'm not I'm not really truly close with them um outside of baseball yeah um but I think for me, like my best friend, like growing up, um, kid named Logan McGuire, like um, he's a little older. He uh, graduated in 21 and he, um, I mean, I came in as a freshman. He like took me under my wing. I grew up with his brother, played baseball with his brother, but he was always kind of there. And I think like that relationship is something like I wouldn't have without baseball probably. 
And I'm very, th very thankful because I know he's a good man. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, even like guys with the sticks, uh, there was times where, I mean, I remember one time I went and picked up some of the guys from the hotel um, and we all just went out. It was like me, Jace Blaylock and um, shoot, I can't even remember, but it was a whole group of us. Yeah. But I mean, we all just went out and hung out. I'm like, those guys like know that no matter what, like we all got each other. If something happens, like I know they're going to be there. And if something happens, they know that I'm going to be there. So like those, those guys are just the, the memories and the, and the friendships are, it's crazy. Yeah. So being with those guys, obviously let's, let's dig into the sticks a little bit. Playing with the, with Arkansas sticks, when you're playing with guys who are from Hawaii with Nolan Souza, Arizona with Treg, Texas, uh, Arkansas, I know there's a, I believe there's a couple guys from New York. When you start getting, mm -hmm. when you like kind of start talking to these guys, did you ever get kind of like not like a culture shock in a way? Because obviously, being from so many sorts part of the country, people are kind of ra raised and just uh, raised different and kind of had different lifestyles. So, like, are you ever like culture shocked in a way when you meet somebody from a different part of the country? <clears throat> I think that's like a good question because sometimes you're expecting a bigger culture shock than there really is. And then sometimes like you get a huge culture shock. Like I remember um, when the first time I met Nolan, um, when I, when we met Susan, I was like, they like, speak some Hawaiian. Like I don't like, <laughs> do the Honolulu dance. Like, and he's like, guys, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, I'm, I'm it's no different from y'all. Like, um, so like it's kind of like stuff like that. Like it, you would expect like a huge culture shock, but there's really not. Like we're all like so similar. Yeah. Um, but in the same sense, I mean, some of these guys, like even some of the guys that live in in Georgia, um, are just they live completely different lives. Um, and you know, like it's it's just like as it comes down to like even like the Lake Point East Cobb thing that's a huge thing. And like, you don't think of it, but like, that's a culture shock for them when they come here versus me. Like to me, it's nothing, yeah. but to them, Oh, like this place is crazy. So, I mean, obviously those guys have been there so many times. It's nothing to them now too, but, uh, but yeah. You know, I've, I've had, I've actually, I've had some culture shocks here on the podcast a little bit talking oh. just like, um, so there's this one guy, he was from, he was from Wisconsin. So I'm thinking, I mean, Wisconsin's only a couple States away from where I'm at. I'm like, I mean, he's, I mean, it's still the Midwest. Like, it's fine. He hops on the, he hops on the zoom call and he starts to, like his, his accent was so like Canadian driven. I'm like, Whoa, like what? Yeah. Like just he's, and then another one was first time talking to somebody from Alabama. Um, oh, yeah. His accent was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then a third one was, there was one time I was talking to someone who's actually from Arkansas, which I mean, isn't that, that far away from my Indiana either. And they're talking about how all they know is hog farms. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, that's, I mean, it's crazy. Like you're, you're, you're right. Like it's crazy just the way that some people are just they're They grew up in just a different atmosphere and mm -hmm. no, you're, you're right. <laughs> but um, let's, let's dig in a little bit to Jupiter a couple of weeks ago, um, playing at that WWBA. So kind of take us through what that was like for you. So, like I said, it was a it was a mishap. I couldn't get to um, to Jupiter on on time because of some stuff. But uh, we had a good drive there, and then we get there, um, and you know, like I said, Coach Brewster takes care of us. Um, 
So he, you know, he took care of me. Um, I get up in the morning to go pitch. Um, and, you know, once again, Coach Brewster, Coach Landers, all those guys, they take care of us. So we come in and we, we've got the locker room to the uh, Marlins facility. So all the guys are in the Marlins facility all hanging out. Um, you know, we're, we're hanging out, talking mess, just waiting around for the game. Um, and then, you know, it was time to kind of get locked in and try to go out there and get my best stuff. So um, I went out there and I gave my, my best stuff on that day um, and threw, threw pretty decent, could have could have done better, um, could have been worse as well. Um, and then, you know, after that, I went back to the, to the, um, the locker room and all the guys are just kind of in there hanging out. We're all hanging out, whatever. And I mean, it was just, uh, it was just, it's something I'm telling you about those guys being around them and, and coach Brewster and coach Landers and coach Caesar, they just give you a different, a different vibe. Uh, Cause you just feel so comfortable around them. Yeah. So what was the atmosphere like in that Marlins clubhouse? Like, was there any, anything that surprised you of being in a major league clubhouse? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't any, like, you think, like, oh, it'd be this crazy. Like, it's funny to think about, honestly, because, um, like, when you go to these places, a lot of these colleges, especially some of the ones that some of the kids on this team are going to, they're, like, crazy. It's not even, like, realistic, like, how nice they are. And you go to these, these pro ones, and you're expecting this, like, crazy cool, like, Marlins sign in the middle and like all this like like these colleges and it's not like that they're they're pretty plain um but I think it was funny because we're in there and like I don't remember who it was but someone started playing music and it was like everybody was like this is not what I expected him to start playing like this is not <laughs> what we expected him to start playing so like it was like one of those things like it was almost a culture shock like dude you're from where I am like yeah um, so yeah yeah, you also got to wear those White Sox jerseys. So what was it? What were those White Sox jerseys like? And then was it was it maybe a, a, an extra target on your guys' back? And you, and you think just because you're wearing you're, you guys are the White Sox scout team for the first time? I definitely think that's uh, it actually adds a, a target on your back. Um, I think that with the, the program that Brewster has built um, through the years, there's already a huge target on the stakes back. Um, but throwing the White Sox scout team on it, it's going to add a, a, a target. Yeah. But, you know, those uniforms are sick. I mean, I'd rather have that big target with those big, those dope uniforms anyways, because um, those uniforms are cool. Yeah, um, sure. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, you, so obviously playing for the Sticks, playing for the Astros – in travel ball, you've got, I mean, you've had tons of great opportunities playing in front of a bunch of people, playing with a bunch of great people, a bunch of great coaches. But another thing that you got to be a part of was that Future Star Series um, that I saw you post about a little while back. Um, so that was at Fenway. So kind of take us through kind of what that was like, how you got invited, maybe what the, the day-to-day was um, for that Future Star Series. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's kind of like a um, – that would be considered to like the Perfect Game Select Festival – um, but it's just the future stars event. So you go through multiple different things, um, multiple different, um, uh, showcases and each showcase to kind of cut off a few more guys and then go up again and they cut off a few more guys and then they make the selections for, for the main event. Um, and I, you know, super blessed to be around those guys. Those guys have done, um, 
great things for me. Jeremy, he's, he's done, he's been a great guy to me. Um, and, you know, going there and just being able to play in Fenway is, is makes, makes the whole trip worth it. Um, whether, whether or not like there was one scout there or a million scouts there, the fact that I got to play in Fenway was pretty sick. Um, but the, the, that event is great. I mean, there's a ton of scouts always there watching you. Jeremy's going to, he's, he's going to be truthful for, to you and he's going to give it to you straight and, but he's going to, he's going to help you out. Um, and you know, when, when we got into, uh, Boston, the, the first night we get there and, you know, um, you're, you're just kind of hanging out the first day we get all our stuff. Um, and you go in and you get to the stadium and you walk in and when I, you get like a different feeling when you walk in there, like with, Jeremy, when we sat in the locker room, Jeremy sat in there and he was like, you got to realize who all sat in this locker room. This, this locker room is an old time. It's a piece of baseball. Like baseball is baseball because of this place. Yeah. And so, and when you really sit there and think about it, like it gives you chills. Like, it's like you've, you have a different feeling in there. Yeah. Um, that was, and was that your first major league stadium you got to play in? No, so I actually got to um, play the year before. Um, I got invited to it as well. And that year, um, it was this past year, it was in City Field. Okay. So I got to play in City Field as well. And then um, for high school state, uh, we played in Truist. Okay. So you got to so, play in three so far. Obviously, Truist is arguably, is it the, is it the newest stadium in baseball? I think it is. I think, I think it is. And then City Field, I mean, nothing too special about that. And then Fenway, if you had to compare those three stadiums, just like obviously Fenway, like you said, historic, gets you the chills, but kind of compare maybe what those three stadiums were like playing playing in all three of those stadiums. Yeah, I mean, being in New York is, is a pretty cool feeling as well. Um, but also playing in my hometown field is like awesome. You know, the, their field is – Truist is an amazing field. Like the stadium is just crazy. But like I said, I just don't think that there's anything to match up to the the feeling and like the it's crazy to think about how old that stadium is and how well kept up it is. Like it still looks pretty new. Like like they built it yesterday. Yeah. I, um, I go ahead. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I like Fenway. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. So I got, I got Wrigley number one, but yeah. no, I, I got to go to Fenway this past summer. I was actually there the day that uh, Mikey Romero and then their second and third round picks got to like tour the place and got to see them go, which was super cool. No, Fenway, Fenway is a, a, a nice place. Um, but um, so playing in these different events, the future star series, playing in all these big time WWBA, Lake Point, I'm sure you've been to Hoover and Cary as well. Um, if you had to like pick out maybe the toughest two or three pitchers and the toughest two and three, two to three hitters that you've had to face so far in your career, who would those guys be? So I think definitely hitters wise, Cam Collier is definitely one of the toughest hitters I've faced. You know, it was just like, it was also 20 degrees outside. It was freezing, but I mean, the man can just, flat out hit yeah um so he's probably one of the um best hitters i've faced and you know that's hard 
it's hard because you, you know playing in these events you you face so many good hitters and going back like you're not going to remember every single one of their names but there's been so many players that I've faced I was like dang that kid I don't know who he is but he can hit yeah like really good um and then you know pitchers that I've faced um Oh, the fairest kid from IMG. I can't remember if it's Ooh, Jack- I, yeah. Jackson. Jackson, yep. He got drafted by the Cubs. Yeah. Um, we faced him, and that was that was a fun at-bat. Um, I mean, he's huge, so, it, like, the ball looks like it's out on top of you, and he's throwing 94-95, and it's getting up on you, and he spins it well. So, that, you know, that, was a, that wasn't a very fun pitcher I'm, to find. I'm sure. I'm sure. So – and then also another pitcher probably um, – there's a kid that graduated from our high school last year, and he's a short kid. He throws like 82, 83. And he comes in, but he throws his loopy curveball, and he hides the ball. I don't, I've never faced anybody where his fastball looks like 97, but it's 83. Yeah. Because just one of those guys, he just – it hides it well. Like, you can't see it. So – um, he's probably one of the hardest pitchers I've ever faced too. So you mentioned when you faced Cam Collier, it was like 20 degrees. So like, I thought, I always kind of thought Georgia was a little bit warmer when it came to priest. Like, so when you guys are starting the season, like how, like how, like what's the weather like? So we start in January and we start pretty early in January. Um, we start trial. I think our trials are like the 15th or the 16th or something like that. So they're pretty early. And we, we practice for a little bit and it's, it's, it's miserable. Like it's cold. Like you're, um, it's every bit of depending on the day too. It it goes all over the place. Some days it'll be kind of nice. It'll be 45 and then the next day it'll be 20 degrees. But when you're out there on the baseball field and it's just the wind is howling because at Lake Point, you know, it's kind of, we, I don't think you've ever been there, but, um, it's kind of in a hole and it's in between some, some hills and stuff like that. So the wind is just howling through there. Ooh, man. It is miserable. Yeah. I mean, I know here in Indiana, we start week, week one of Mar- the first week of March. And I mean, it's miserable then. I mean, you guys yeah. are a little bit more down South. So it's like, it's a little bit warmer compared to Indiana when it comes to that, but no, like, I, our, I, I would say 75% of our baseball season is, is just cold where you're bringing blankets with you to cut like oh, yeah. between innings, just be sitting there. No. Yeah. We learned the trick of the whole tiger bomb. Just soak yourself in tiger bomb. And it, it, it helps a good bit. If you put it around your arm, it'll keep you pretty warm. So Man, I, I, I should, I should have knew that a couple of years yeah. ago. Shit. But yeah. Um, no, uh, dig, digging into high school baseball a little bit. What was what was last season like for you guys? I think when I was kind of doing some research, it looked like you guys went kind of far in the tournament. So what what was that season like last season? Yeah, I mean, so the year before, you know, we had a ton of guys um, really team and lost a really good group of seniors. Um, so uh, coming into last year, everybody was kind of oh, like they're not going to be. They lost a lot of guys. They're not going to be as good. Um, and, I mean, a lot of the guys on the team thought that too. But, I mean, we had some guys, you know, we kind of changed some stuff up in the in the fall. Then we started doing stuff together in the fall, getting ready for the spring. And, you know, some of the guys that 
didn't even play their junior year, came out their senior year, and, I mean, just absolutely balled out. Um, and then some of the younger guys and um, all that stepped up as well. And, I mean, we put together a, a really good group of guys. And, I mean, we played some really good teams and beat some really good teams and ended up going to state um, and ended up losing in state. But, um, I mean, that year, I mean, it was incredible. Like, the ups that we had were – I mean, we started off the, the season 20-0, and 0, and everybody was like, okay, like, this team is legit. Um, and, I mean, like I said, it's not like we're playing some scrubs. Like we're playing some good teams. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a blast. And that was your – was that your junior or sophomore year? That was my junior year. Oh, okay. So, now now that you guys, I mean, played pretty well last season, what's the outlook on this upcoming season? Like, you guys bring in – I know you said a lot of the seniors did come out, but, like – who are some guys that you're bringing back? And, like, what are you guys expecting um, competition-wise um, when you start in the spring? Yeah, so, I mean, last year we were in the best region in the state by by far. Um, we played the best teams in the region. Like, our region had two or three of the uh, final four people in it. Like, in the final four, there was three people from our region. So, I mean, our region was super good, but then – uh, we've changed our region this year and it might be just as good, if not better. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it, it's going to be another good load of competition, um, but, you know, we lost a lot of guys. So there's a lot of picking up to do my class. The senior class is really small for my school. Um, so, you know, we're really going to have to have some of the younger guys really step up. Um, and, you know, I think that, Arms wise, we'll be good. We got some guys returning that um, that are good on the ball and all that, but we'll we'll just have to figure out um, our sticks and all that. So. Yeah. So you say that you said that your region's pretty solid, the region last year, and the reason this upcoming year. But like overall, what's that competition competition level like in Georgia? I know people talk about how great Georgia baseball is. I mean, Collier's from there. I believe Drew Jones is there too. Okay. I mean, all those, all these guys in the past draft who come from Georgia, all the guys who were projected to get drafted high this upcoming year from Georgia, like what's that competition level like? Like are there teams that have multiple Power 5 commits or like what's what's that like overall? Yeah, I mean, definitely like you, you get teams from – it's crazy. Um, like you'll play a team that is just stacked with Power 5, uh, power five guys. And they come in and they play a team that's not stacked with power five guys. They might have one and a handful of D2 guys or D3 guys. And that D2, D3 team goes in there and whacks them. I mean, like the, the competition in Georgia, I, I honestly believe that there's no better baseball than Georgia baseball. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I know when I've interviewed Texas guys, I do say to pretty much all of them that Texas high school baseball is the best. It might, might be feeding their ego a little bit, but no, I, I kind of look at it just me kind of as like, you know, like I told you, I'm trying to be an agent and like kind of me just looking at the talent level within the United States, I would put like in the top tier, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Arizona, California. I mean, and even, I mean, Alabama too, really. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, those, those States, I, f- I feel like are head and shoulders above the, ma- the majority of States in the country. hundred percent. I mean, I, I know that when I go out to the field, no matter who we're playing, especially with my team, we're going to face a good arm. The, the team we're playing is going to throw a good arm against us. They're probably going to throw their best arm against us. So, 
I mean, we see good arms all the time. We see good bats all the time. I mean, like I said, we played Cam Collier. Um, Cam Collier's team at one state the, uh, the year that we played them. They won state. They have – they now have a Georgia Tech commit, Georgia commit, um, Mississippi State commit, another Georgia Tech commit. Um, and if Cam was still there, they'd have the Louisville commit. Um, so, I mean, and, and they're a 1A private school. So, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of talent. In, in Georgia. Yeah. So how many times did you get to did, how many times did you get to face Cam Callier? So um I my sophomore year is when we played. So I played in my sophomore year. So I only got to play him once in in high school. Okay. Um, but like I played against him um in like in like travel ball and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so, t- so take us through uh maybe what that at that at bat was like facing Cam Callier, maybe how you went after him. Yeah, so like I had, I knew who Cam Collier was. Like, he was big, but um, it wasn't like he made his big, big jump yet. Um, but, you know, I, I got in there, and I, I knew he was good, and I would watched him hit in the in the at-bats prior, and I was like, dang, like, this kid hits the ball hard. Uh, and, you know, I was just like, it's cold. Like, he doesn't want to hit. You know, it's cold. I'm just going to throw some fastballs um, and spin it a little bit. And so I was like, okay, I threw a fastball inside. And I want to say I got like a first pitch strike on a fastball inside that he took. And I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Like I can keep it in there. Hopefully he won't swing. Or if he does, he'll swing over top of it. Well, um, I ended up falling behind in the count like 2-1. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try to throw a fastball up and away, get the call strike, but he's not going to swing at it. And that means he just flicks it. And it I mean, he gets every bit of it. And I mean, it's a flick. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, like, whatever. I mean, and at, at, at his school, there's like a uh, big um, uh, like deck in left field. Yeah. I mean, he's a lefty. So, I mean, he comes up and flicks it, and he flicks it on top of the deck. And I was like, holy moly. I was like, he really just did that off of me. Yeah. Well, his next at bat, my other buddy's pitching, and I mean, he throws pretty hard too. So he uh, throws him a fastball and throws him a curveball. And he throws him a very bad curveball. So obviously Cam thinks like fastball's coming. Well, this kid tries to throw a fastball past him. And I mean, dead sitter over the trees. Like, I, he, I mean, the dude just flat out raked. I mean, he yeah. faced our Georgia Tech commit at the time. And I mean, mate had a good at bat off of him. He faced some of our other guys, had good at bats off of him. And it was just, he's one of those guys that can just, he can just hit. At, the, at that moment, you knew he was going to be a he was going to be oh, a first round pick. Oh yeah, I mean, when I saw how he faced some of our other guys as well, I was like, yeah, this kid is legit. And then you know, throughout the throughout the season, you just keep hearing more and more stuff about him. And I mean, just phenomenal kid. Yeah, and that ended up being so that was his sophomore year too. So that was like right before that was his kind of second to last season before grad kind of graduating early, right? Oh, so. I don't. I'm he, not, went to, he went to like Chipotle. Didn't he go to Chipotle College? Yeah. So I don't think he played his freshman year at Mount Perrin um, because that's who we played. Um, that's like when we played him, he played for Mount Perrin and he didn't play there his freshman year, I don't think. But he came his sophomore year. So we played him our sophomore year. And that's what I threw against him. And then junior year, he like, I don't. 
I want to say that's when he started graduating and doing his GED and all that, I think. Yeah. And then I know it was something like Ola. odd. Like it was like, yeah. When he was announced, I mean, he was, he, whenever people would talk about it, he was, Chipola College was always listed. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. really sure, like, what the reason, like, I mean, how he really made that work, but. Yeah, I don't either, but I know, like, he left, I want to I wanna say it might have been his junior year. I want to say he reclassed, and then when he reclassed, he then left for college right after that. Okay. All right, so talking about college, let's dig into your recruiting process a little bit. Going to Georgia, good, great baseball school down there in the SEC. So kind of take us through kind of how, how that recruiting process kind of got started for you. You know, so for me, like my recruiting process, I mean, it started pretty early for me. Uh, but I kind of, my parents always told me like, hey, like don't jump on anything. Like you're going to get these these offers. And when you get them, like they're going to look so surprising, but you can't just jump on it. You can't make a repulsive decision. Uh, and, you know, for me, I was like, oh, like I told my parents, like if I ever get an offer from Georgia, I'm going to Georgia. Like that's exactly where I'm going. Well, you know, I waited and, um, my freshman year, um, I really started getting a good bit of offers and I got some offers from other schools and I was talking to a lot of other schools and then I got an offer from Georgia. Um, uh, and I was like, yeah, like I really like Georgia, but I really like a lot of these other schools as well. Uh, so I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to go to see these campuses, um, get to know the coaches, build relationships and feel really good about it before I commit. Well, and then all that Corona stuff happened. So I didn't get to go see, um any of the uh uh schools or any, any campuses or anything like that and that was one thing that was really big for me like I didn't want to like how can I go somewhere I don't even know what it looks like like I don't really know what I'm getting myself into um so you know I really waited on that then um junior year you know I I was still talking to a lot of schools but my recruiting kind of slowed down a little bit um and then um Towards the end of the, my spring, it started shooting back up again. I started getting a lot of um, talk and all that. Uh, and then throughout the summer, I was talking to a whole bunch of schools. Brewster and and um, uh, all those guys, you know, helped me out a lot and uh, had a lot of schools that I was talking to. But you know, I just I talking with uh, Coach Kenny and um, Coach Strickland and all those at all them at Georgia, like it, it, it just felt like home to me. Like I have always grown up a Georgia fan. So that obviously helps, but, you know, I feel really confident about Coach Kenny um, and him, him developing me in college. Um, so that was the big decision maker for me. So as you were going through the process, looking at all these different schools, uh, what were some of the key, th- obviously Georgia being the school that you grew up rooting for, but what were some of the key things that you were looking for as you would go ahead and compare the second, third, fourth school that was on your list? Yeah, so for me, it was really just, I truly felt like when you're talking to a lot of these schools, a lot of these schools have the best things. It's just, the, especially when you're in the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, like all these schools, like they've got phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the schools I was, I was talking to, that wasn't the, the resources wasn't the, the problem. All the coaches had the resources and I think that's what made the process a lot harder for me as well is because they all have great resources and it was really just the fact of I I needed to go somewhere where I felt like the coach was going to get me better yeah 
and you know I felt like that about even a lot of the coaches that um that I talked to that I didn't end up going to their school but um you know and just feeling like trying to have that connection with a coach where you feel like that's the place um and you know I think a big thing for me too was with um Georgia you know I talked to him my freshman year and I talked to him for a long time and then kind of lost connection with him didn't talk to him for a little bit and then they talked to me again and you know coach Strickland and I had very truthful honest conversations about my room process and he was very truthful with me and I think that was one of the biggest deciding factors for me was like okay like this man is truthful he you know he's gonna help me become a better baseball player yeah so as as the time dwindled down to when it was like kind of to the part to where you actually commit to Georgia uh were there a couple other schools that were a close second and third um on that on your list yeah there definitely was um I actually went to the University of Central Florida um right before and I you know coach out of there I like extremely liked um you know great great program over there um and uh Ole Miss I was huge on too um, talking to Ole Miss a good bit. Um, so th- those were big schools for me. Um, but, you know, there was things from um, UCF and, and Ole Miss to that, you know, towards the end of that just kind of helped me decide that uh, children was where I wanted to go. Yeah. So going through the process, getting a chance to talk to so many schools, I mean, you did wait, like you said, like you didn't want to jump on your first offer, so you waited that out. I'm um, kind of going through and just getting a chance to talk to all the different schools. What were some of those initial conversations like with different schools? And then were there some big differences between a lot of phone calls that coaches would have, or did a lot of the majority of the coaches kind of go about it the same way? I would say that for the most part, most, the first calls were pretty much all the same. They all were trying to tell you, Hey, look, man, we're interested we want to get our name out to you. We want to, you know, get in touch, um, kind of let you know who we are. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how every coach was. Um, but after that, you know, coaches, different coaches took different perspectives in, on every call. Um, there are some coaches where I literally sit there and talk to them about like hunting and fishing. And there was calls where I would sit there and talk to coaches about baseball. Um, so, and then there was coaches too, that like, I talked to them about both. So, I mean, there was a a huge variety of different ways that coaches kind of attacked that, that phone call process. Yeah. So going to the time to when Georgia became the place that you wanted to go, when you wanted to commit kind of, do you kind of remember like that exact moment where you were like, all right, that's it, Georgia, it is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, you know, I, I, I went and saw some other schools and I got home and, you know, I, I was talking to my parents and I was like, look, like, I don't, I, it's, it's just, I just had that feeling like Georgia's there. Like, and they're like, if you feel like that's the place you need to be, then commit. And so I, you know, like, I remember like I, I was about to go to bed one night and I was just like kind of sitting there recapping on my day, kind of just thinking about everything. And then, you know, looking back and I was like, yeah, like, that's, that's going to be my place. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's always, it's always cool to hear like kind of how, how, how each, like every player's story is to where they like, they're like deciding between a couple schools and then they're like, Oh, yep. This is it. This is it right here. I know. I think it was Matthew Dallas um, committed to Tennessee. 
Um, I think he he had some orange sherbet ice cream. And, and, and obviously orange sherbet's orange just like Tennessee. And then he said he committed like 15 minutes later. I don't I don't know if they had anything to do with it or not, but no, it's 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 kind of weird to hear some some of those stories. But um no, you sent you sent those pictures to me um wearing actual Georgia gear um the other day. So I'm gonna take it you've been on your official visit then. I have. So what was that official visit like? What were some things that they were showing you and some of those other commits? Yeah, so um, you know, it for me too, it's a big deal um because Georgia has a lot of guys um that I already personally know. Um so that's I think that's gonna be cool as well. But when we're on our visit, um we, you know, going through um the facilities and campus and all that kind of stuff. Um and then, you know, you uh we got there and we got to uh go eat with coach and whatever and do all that fun stuff and then the next morning we woke up and did a campus tour uh, or a, not a campus tour a facility tour so we went in and we saw all the facilities and um you know spent the day kind of talking about different things and uh, you know i i i had already gone on a, a few official unofficial visits um to georgia so i kind of already knew how everything was or whatever but um uh we got there and kind of went through all that and then the that was Saturday and then Saturday night we went to the football game okay. uh, and after that you know we got back went to the hotel and then um, the next morning we got up and we went took the photos and did all the fun stuff and got got all dripped out and then uh we went and did a, a tour of like the school um and all the academic stuff and all that fun stuff and then uh headed home yeah. So do you do you know what your major is going to be once you head there next fall? I do not yet. Okay. Do you have any like ideas on maybe what your what your interests are going to be like, or are you kind of just going to go there and figure it out? I, you know, I haven't decided. I, I like I've had so many different interests. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Like I kind of want to go and um, get there and kind of like try to fill my way through. But in the same sense, like my dad's a big guy on like you need to have a plan. And so, um, you know, trying to figure it out. I haven't decided yet, though. Okay. Um, so you mentioned there that you do know a lot of guys who are heading to Georgia, potentially guys who are even there right now. Um, so who, what are some of those relationships like that you have with guys who are in your class committed or even in different classes? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because a lot of the guys, um, I know of two off, just off the top of my head that, you know, I played with playing with the Astros. Um, and, you know, I grew up playing with the Astros as well. So, you know, we all kind of grew up together. Um, so like those guys, like, you know, I know I've known them since I was little. Um, so those relationships are, you know, just already going to be, be there no matter what. Yeah. Um, Jack Phillips. Say that again. Jax Phillips, you know him? Yeah. Yeah. I know Jax. I actually used to work out with Jax. Okay. I, I, yeah. so when I went to the WWBA, like I kind of would just look through rosters and kind of just uh -huh. like, oh, committed. He's committed to Georgia. He's committed to UCLA. Let me go. Let me go find this guy, pass him my card, and kind of get him on the podcast. Well, yeah. Jax, I ran into one day, gave him my card. He wasn't that interested, which I mean, it's fine. Like I mean, there's plenty of people who just aren't interested. In that. I really don't care. Well, yeah. I I was watching his game, and then I ended up. His dad sat right next to me. Didn't know this. Uh, didn't know this guy at all. Started talking to him for like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, well, who, who are you here watching? 
and he goes, oh, my, my son, Jax. And the whole time this guy was talking about how his son would love to be on the podcast, but Jax, I, I, I knew just from talking to him, he wasn't interested, but no, yeah. he, he, he seemed like a nice guy. And I, with him being on the East Cobb Astros going to Georgia, I figured you guys would know. Yeah. He, it's funny. Cause he, the place that I'm wearing right now, the shirt, he used to work out there a good bit. I haven't seen him in a while though. Okay. But, so Kennesaw, like how far is Kennesaw from Atlanta? Um, it's probably about 30 minutes. Okay. That's, I mean, that's not bad at all. No. Nah. What's your, it, what's your, I mean, you can get on the highway and pretty much get anywhere in 30 minutes. It depends on what time you leave though. Cause if you get in the, what usually will be a 30 minute drive. If you leave around like five o'clock, it's going to be about an hour and a half. Like traffic is horrible. Yeah. I was, I was, I was so, uh, I stayed with black Cobra when I was in Georgia yeah. And we, my, my flight was at like 7 p.m. Because I kind of wanted to spend the day in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And going to the airport literally took, I felt like it was two hours. We were kind of just sitting there. Yeah. Luckily, we had, luckily, me and Cobra like baseball. So we got to talk about that. But man, like it was a, it was a rough two hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you mentioned that you mentioned that Brewster played a big part in your recruiting process. So um, kind of what were some ways that Brewster helped you out throughout the process? Well, you know. There was um, a lot of guys that I had been talking to that um, I was talked to. I was talking to like early on in, in my like my freshman year, um, sophomore year, and then it, it kind of died, um, and I didn't talk to him much anymore. And I was still kind of interested in the program, so you know, I, Brewster asked me um, pretty much as soon as I joined the team, like, "What? Why aren't you committed?" And what do I need to do to get you committed? Um, and I was like, look, I'm just trying to build relationships, trying to figure out who, you know, who I really feel good about. And he was like, well, is there anybody like that you want to reach out to? And and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to reach out to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And he was like, all right. And then before I knew it, I was on the phone. Um, like, I don't think I, like that man literally knows everybody. Yeah. And if you if he doesn't know him, then he knows someone that knows him and he's going to get through contact. With him. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure he probably already knows him. So, yeah. but. Um, Carson Kimball last night, he said that he was talking to, he, he asked Brewster if he could connect him with a team and Brewster didn't respond. But 10 minutes later, that head coach called him. Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was crazy. No, that, that, Brewster knows so many people. Right there. Like that's totally how he is. And then, gonna, and then he, when you see him the next time, he's going to be like, oh, so how'd you call girl? <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned relationship with coaches. You wanted to build those. So kind of what's your, what was your relationship with the Georgia coaching staff before you committed? And now how has that evolved since you've been committed and been able to continue to grow that relationship? Yeah. I mean, um, like I said before, um, you know, I had a relationship with the coaching staff um, from like my freshman year. I mean, and it was kind of just like I talked to them, nothing crazy. Like I didn't have much of a relationship with them. Um, and then uh, like probably about four months before I committed, um, I took an unofficial visit there. And from there, it was really like when, well, I take that back. When it was my beginning of my junior year, and Coach Strickland had called me and was like, hey, man, want to check up on you, see how things are going. You know, I haven't talked to you in a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And so I called him and we talked about, I mean, pretty much my whole entire life in the last two years. Um, you know, we talked about different things and my recruitment process. And 
my mechanics and baseball for me and all that kind of stuff. And we had a really, really truthful conversation um, about a whole bunch of different things. And then from there, you know, we kind of stayed in touch, but it, it wasn't even like nothing crazy. Um, and then about four months before I committed, um, you know, we talked and it was like a regular basis that we talked, but it was kind of just building the relationship. And yeah. I coached like, Hey, look like I want to get on campus. So um, I got to campus and from there, that's really when I felt like our relationship really started to kind of, kind of grow sure. uh, because, you know, coach Kenny and I started talking pitching and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was talking to uh, Coach Bennett, and Coach Bennett knows a lot of people that I know, so we're, like, just connecting on that kind of stuff. And then, you know, before I know it, like, it, I just it just felt like home. Um, and then, you know, I, I know that um, those coaches are going to be very, very truthful. I mean, they're going to they're gonna shoot you straight, but they want you to get better. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like those guys, like, truly care for, for the players, and I think that, that's why I decided to go to Georgia. Yeah. So in those conversations that you had, like, did you, did, did the topic come up about what you're going to be playing when you go to, when you go to Georgia? I know right now you're listed as a pitcher and third baseman, but like in your mind, and then maybe in their mind, like, what do you think the plan is when you head to Georgia? Yeah. So, you know, cause that was another thing for me too, where through the recruit yeah. process, you know, I want to try to stay a two way for, you know, kind of as long as I can. Um, and kind of let the game tell me, okay, when to put put either one of them up. And um, that was one thing that they were willing to do. Um, they were like, look, we're going to be honest with you. We want you because you're a really good pitcher, and we think your bat's really good as well, but your plus side is you being a pitcher. Um, so they're like, we'll give you opportunities. Don't give us wrong. Um, we're going to give you opportunities to do both. but." you also got to realize there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so, you know, with that going on, you know, I, well, I've looked at it and different, try to see it from different perspectives or whatever. Um, and it's one thing though, I, but I'm going there as a, as a two way and that I'm going to uh, be a pretty much a pitcher and then kind of see, um, I'll go there and hit and just see how that goes from the fall and then kind of go from there. Okay. So with you being a pitcher first and also playing third base when you are hitting, but playing the field, how do you go about your, just your arm care routine? Obviously third base, you're throwing a lot as well, thrown across the diamond. So like, how do you go about your arm care when it comes from uh, day one of your pitching all the way up until you pitch again? Yeah. So especially during high school, um, I think it's a lot easier for me to get in the rhythm. Um, summer ball is kind of, you know, how summer ball is, it's hectic. Yeah. Um, lot harder to get those rhythms but um for high school like my my pitching coach and I we, we get together and we know okay I throw every fifth day or every sixth day or every seventh day depending on what it is um, I think last year I can't even tell you off the top of my head I threw every Friday last year for instance so um you know I knew I was thrown on Friday and my coach knew that I needed to be ready to throw Friday um, so, so he was really good with letting me at the beginning of practice, uh, we kind of split up and do a whole bunch of different drills and he'd be like, all right, the pitchers go do your own thing. So I'd go with the pitchers and get my stuff done, uh, whatever I needed to do for the day. And then I would cut it after that. I'd be done. 
Um, I would do all my ground work, ground ball work, do all my, my fielding stuff, but I just wouldn't throw. I would just shut my arm down. Um, so that was huge too. But I think the biggest thing was um, outside of practice. Like all the stuff I had to do outside of practice to make sure my arm was good is um, like, I mean, in the gym, um, and, and like stretching. And I mean, there's so much that I was doing outside and uh, outside of that to make sure that my arm was ready for the next time I went out. Yeah. So dig, so digging into when you actually are on the mound, what is your pitching repertoire? What are some different, what are some different pitches that you're throwing? Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously a fastball, um, slider, change up curve, um, you know, but, uh, previously, um, it's been really just fastball slider change up, okay. uh, kind of trying to get feel for, for the breaker and all that. Um, and that's one big thing for me this, this, uh, fall is to work on is my, my secondary stuff so so when you say secondary stuff like what pitch do you think it is that might need the most work um I definitely say my breaking ball like my 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 uh my curveball needs the most work uh, my slider is it I would say that my slider is a plus pitch um but it's an inconsistent plus pitch um so like when I throw it and I throw it right it's a great pitch but I, a, a lot of the times I I don't, I'm not consistent with it. Um, so uh, that's one thing I, that I'm really working on this year is being consistent with, with all that. But I mean, like my change up, I have great feel for, I feel like I can throw it anytime. So. So when you are pitching and when you are hitting kind of take this, take this both ways. um, What is some of the, what is the biggest couple things you're wanting to work on before you head to Athens um, next fall? Um, Generally I'm just, the biggest thing that I'm working on is, is getting bigger and stronger and in better shape. Um, that, like, that's my main goal is getting in better shape getting bigger, stronger, faster, all that stuff. Um, and then really at the end of the day, it's really just being consistent with all my movements, um, being able to re- repeat all my movements. I think like the reason why people get paid millions of dollars in baseball is because they're able to repeat those movements over and over again. Um, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that can make those movements, but to do it pitch after pitch after pitch or swing after swing after swing is the reason why. So um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is getting bigger, stronger, faster, and and really finding out myself and learning how to get that so yeah. stuck in me and repeat it so much that it's it's just second nature. Yeah. So taking that question even further, so if you were a scout – watching your game so this can be hitting and for pitching even playing the field or even interacting with teammates what would be your personal scouting report on yourself um I think like obviously like the projection side of it um I'm a pretty big kid so um there's a whole bunch of projection um I'm kind of skinny um so like filling out and all that would be will also help my game but I think you know I I just like the way like especially when I'm in the mound on the mound or in the batter's box like the compete factor um I think you can just see the different compete factor like I just love to compete no matter what it is um and I think like that would be you know something that would be on that on that report is back he's he's competitive like he likes to compete you can see that grit um and then you know my projectability and all that yeah 
So, um, so you've mentioned throughout this podcast, you've mentioned Jeremy from the Future Stars event, Coach Brewster, Coach Kenny, all these different coaches. But if you had to pick maybe the most, the couple of most influential people that have been in your baseball career so far, who would those people be, and what would be the reason for it? Yeah, so um, I would say that you know the most influential people in baseball, coaches wise, would one being my dad. And two, being um, Coach Mike and Coach Casey Lynch. Um, you know, my dad, like, on and off the field, super inspirational. He, I mean, like, he's my pretty much my why. Um, you know, he's taught me everything I know. And, like, I know that when things go south, hitting or pitching, like, he's the guy I go to, like, because he just knows me. Um, and then, like I said, Coach Mike and Coach Casey Lynch, like, especially Coach Casey, we, we've gotten – he's they're my pitching coach at my high school. We've gotten so close over the last year. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a, a youth pastor at a, at a big church around here. Um, and his dad's the pastor at the big church around here. So, you know, those guys, like, on and off the field, just phenomenal people. Um, like, I, I've been sick the last few days, and, like, they're texting me making sure I'm all right. Um, make sure hey like do you need anything like let me know like they're just they're great people and like those are people like I just kind of strive to be as well because like they're just great people Mm -hmm. Um, those are always always great people to have in your life yeah 100 percent but um so digging into I know I told you before we started recording I'm trying to be an agent slash advisor once I graduate from college so when I get some players on I kind of like to dig into the player side of things on how they chose their advisor or how they're going through the process so with you kind of going through that process right now, kind of take me through um, just some different ways that advisors have reached out. And then um, when you do go through the selection process, maybe some th- key things that you're going to be looking for um, amongst whoever you do decide to choose. Yeah, I think um, it's pretty much exactly like the recruiting process for college, um, because at the end of the day, like you're investing in them just as much as they're investing in you, you're investing in them. Um, so I think, you know, taking it in that kind of same stance is how I've taken it, trying to build the relationships. Um, and you know, I think the biggest standout are, are the guys that, you know, are talking to you about things and talking about your future and not about now. Yeah. Because I think that's the biggest thing that sets apart for me is like a lot of these guys are like, Oh, like, this is what you are, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, this is what you can be yeah, okay, like, you're talking about my future, but the guys that are like, okay, this is what you are, and this is how we're going to get you to be this. That's the biggest difference. Because at the end of the day, like, what is the benefit of me having an advisor or an agent? And when I sign a big big contract, if they're not really helping me do anything, like, what are they going to help me sign my contract and figure out my contract? Well, that's great, but I got to get there first. Yeah, exactly. So I think with the whole advisor part, that's where I am uh, with that because I've got to get there first. Um, so there's no reason to to feel like, okay, I I got to rush myself into getting one of these guys because they're going to help me with my contracts and all this and all that. And I think that the biggest thing is, is how are, how are you going to help me get to where we, we both want to be? How, how are you going to help me get to that? $8 million signing bonus. Yeah. Like, how is that going to happen? 
Yeah, that's that's some that's some great intel here for me. As, obviously, as I go into the recruiting process for um, in the next, I honestly, I mean, I'm at the point now to where I'm like, like in the mix of potentially starting to reach out to guys for my first couple draft classes. So like, yeah. it's like whatever knowledge I gain from you guys is, I mean, it's it's in, it's invaluable. Like it's it's awesome. So um, we've got like a minute left here on the podcast. Let's get let's do three rapid rapid fire questions just to end it off. That way we don't have to send go through the hassle of sending another link real quick. Um, so three questions real quick. So what are some of your passions beyond the baseball field? Um, so I like to like hunt, um, spend time with my family and like really just chilling. Like I'm a, I'm a big kind of laid back chilling guy. Okay. All right. So perfect picture, your life, 20 years down the road, you're 37, 38 years old. Everything's gone right. What does that life look like? I'm winning a world series. Okay. How many world series? All of them every year. Okay. All right. If there's a, is your dream team, the Braves? Yep. All right. Down to the last question. You're heading to Athens here next fall. You're going to get that opportunity to, to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness, make a little bit of cash on, you know, endorsements, collaborations, whatever it happens to be. But when that time does come, what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with? Ooh. You know, I don't have a dream brand, but I, I would want to, a brand that like is unique, like nobody has ever heard of. Yeah. Um, one, so I could help build that um, brand, and two, because I mean, everybody wants to deal with Nike and all that stuff like that. I'm mean, no lie, like that'd be sick too. But like, I, I want someone that you know nobody else has. Yeah, and that's with me being like that that aspiring agent. I got, I've always loved when athletes partner with smaller brands, like there's a small, whatever they partner with, like a small glove, small back company, yeah. or even companies off the field. Like I always think that's cooler than what it is doing with Nike, Under Armour and stuff like that. I mean, um, obviously you're making more money with Nike and Under Armour, but no, it, it, <laughs> it is cool to see athletes go with those smaller time brands and help them kind of go on the come up, kind of how Kobe did with Body Armor in a way. Yeah, like but, a lot of, you're you're making millions and millions of dollars like you don't need a yeah i mean mean, yeah like bryce harper's getting paid 34 million dollars this year i mean if he wants to go do some small little i don't know helmet brand or something yeah it's not like i mean that's not gonna break his bank but no yeah uh no i've always enjoyed seeing that type of stuff but man um that's all the questions i got for you really appreciate you coming on the show um i know george is not a school that i follow very often just because i'm from indiana but no, I'm definitely going to be following your career when you're at Georgia. Hopefully, once you make it to Pro Ball, and hopefully you have a long career, like you said, maybe winning that World Series for the Braves or whatever it happens to be. I want to wish you the best of luck. I'll definitely be following you. And like I said, just thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on here.